Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. This is the second in a series of five podcasts dealing with the Veterans Treatment Court Program here in Hillsborough County, Florida. In this podcast, host Bill Hodges talks with Andrew Warren, state's attorney for the 13th Judicial District in Hillsborough County. Bill and attorney Warren discuss the actions of our county prosecutor's office as it deals with veterans in this special program. We hope that if a program of this nature is not in your area, you will bring this podcast to the attention of those with the power to institute it. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. And we've got a great guest today. It's one of a series we're doing here in August of uh, 2022. I have Andrew Warren with me. He's the Florida State Attorney for the 13th Judicial District. And Mr. Warren, just what is the 13th Judicial District? And give us a little background on your office. Absolutely, Bill. Thanks so much for having me here. Thanks for everything you do to connect with our veterans. So the 13th Circuit is Hillsborough County. The state of Florida is divided into 20 judicial circuits, and we are the 13th. Most of those circuits are multi-county, but Hillsborough is a big county. We have 1.5 million people here, so we are our own circuit, just one county. And hundred, by the way, 104,000 of those are veterans. Well, that's part of what makes Hillsborough one of the best places to live in the state, if not the country. So, Tell us a little bit about what your office does. How many people do you have in the office? What kind of crimes you prosecute? Many people who come to Florida are used to hearing about different kinds of courts, like in New York, a court called the Superior Court. And it's actually the same as common pleas in Ohio. (laughs) That's right. How does this work in the state of Florida? Well, I don't know why, but they make it really difficult even for lawyers to understand all the different courts and their names in different states. But here in Florida, the state attorney is the district attorney, as it's commonly called in, in other places. And as the state attorney, I'm the elected local prosecutor. So my office is responsible for prosecuting all violations of state law that occur in Hillsborough County. And that means we handle everything from murder and rape and robbery down through domestic violence and theft cases, all the way down to the lowest end of the spectrum, you know, traffic offenses. We're handling, yes, sir, we handle misdemeanor, felony, and juvenile. In total, we have about 60,000 cases a year that come through the state attorney's office. And with 130 lawyers, 130 prosecutors, and 300 total staff, we are effectively the largest law firm on the West Coast of Florida. You know, actually, you and Miss Holt with her 
public defender's office about have the same size. Is that correct? Well, we're a little bit larger, and that's typical because the public defender's office handles a majority of cases, but they don't handle all of them. There are a lot of great private criminal defense lawyers in Hillsborough County and oh, in the yeah. region. So they handle a lot of those cases as well. Now, the public defender's office gets involved anytime someone's not able to afford their own lawyer as the constitution guarantees. So we work really closely with the public defender's office, though we're usually butting heads in the courtroom. We work together outside the courtroom, but inside the courtroom, we are we fight like cats and dogs. <laughs> Well, we'll have Miss Hold on to talk about that too. She'll be coming on to talk about public defenders and it relates to the Veterans Treatment Court. And I've been watching this court now for several years, going back quite a while, even before Judge Shante was there. And I just think it's one of the great jewels we have in the crown of Hillsborough County and working with Congressman Valericus, DJ, and several others this court has just continued to shine nationwide. And we are really, as I see it, the model for the national program for veteran treatment courts. Bill, you're absolutely right. We have a jewel here in our veterans treatment court. And it's not just you who believe that we're the national model. The White House believed <laughs> that we were the national model because they used our veterans treatment court as a model for funding the establishment of similar veterans treatment courts all over the country. And we're really proud of what we've done here. As state attorney, I've been in office for five and a half years, and I'm really proud of what we've done to make our community safer and to improve our criminal justice system. But I'll tell you, I can't take credit for the veterans treatment court. That was around before I got here. And sometimes my job is to just get out of the way and let good ideas flourish. And this was a good idea that was put in place years ago that we've been happy to expand here and continue to use it as it was intended to do, which is to give people who have served our country in uniform a second chance and a helping hand when they end up making a mistake in their life that gets them into the criminal justice system. I personally, and I have to admit this because I am biased, but a lot of the veterans that even got bad conduct dishonorable discharges, got discharged without really anybody looking to see why they got discharged. And in fact, the courts have now gone back and told the, the military services, they have over 100,000 discharges. They've got to go back and look at and review. So here we're kind of picking up the slack on that. That's right. I mean, the sad reality is we don't always treat our veterans with the respect and support they deserve after they leave service. And like so many other arenas, the criminal justice system is often left to pick up the pieces. And usually we pick up those pieces through prosecuting people when they've committed crimes. This is different. Our veterans treatment court is a way for us to give back to those veterans, to make sure they have the support that they need that they may not have received before, to make sure that we pair them with a mentor and we help them navigate through whatever whatever issues they're having that led them to get into trouble in the criminal justice system in the first place. Because we don't want to just blindly arrest people and lock them up and throw away the key. We want to make sure that we're being smart with how we prosecute cases. And with veterans, as I said a moment ago, we want to make sure we are giving back to them the way they've served our country. And that means giving people a second chance and the support they need to succeed. I would think that 
you and all those associated with this court looking at a 7 to 10% recidivism rate when the state is at 37 to 70, depending what court or which document you look at, we're getting our money's worth. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I love that you pulled out that stat. We're really proud of how low the recidivism rate is. It's because of the tremendous success we've had. And that goes to just how the court is run. It's a mentorship-based program. And it's an example of how much mentorship works. And frankly, it should be an example of how much mentorship works before people get into the criminal justice system. You know, if we had young boys and young men with stronger mentors and stronger family structure around them, there'd be fewer crimes in the first place. That is a very, very true statement. It, Unfortunately, it is, with the fractured family. That's right. People people don't like to talk about it a lot, but it is, you know, it is one of the largest and most consistent criminogenic factors. But you, you need direction in a person's life and not just in a young person's life, sometimes in a in a grown man or grown woman's life, you know, maybe they're suffering from substance abuse or addiction, or maybe they just, you know, had a really bad day and they did something stupid. And we want to make sure that we are giving them what they need to go back to being law-abiding, contributing members of our community. And that's where, how this model works. That's why it's so successful. You know, it's, I have a friend up in Ohio who is in the public defender's office. And he always, when people complain, he said, you complain, I start every Monday morning in the drunk tank. Well, it's right. I mean, so I encourage people to come down to the courthouse and watch what's going on here. And you can see a variety of things from low-end cases like driving on a suspended license to the murder cases that we, we have and everything in between. And what happens usually in our courtrooms is what you'd expect from when you watch Law and Order or a show like that. You know, the prosecutors and the defense attorneys battling it out to prove a crime. Well, our veterans treatment court is not that. It is a problem solving court where we all work together to make sure that we are holding people accountable and steering them in a better direction. And again, in this instance, giving them that mentor that they have to help them navigate what's going on in their life to get them the treatment that they need so that they never violate the law again and they go back to being a contributing member of our community. Let's talk about how your department actually works with the court. Julianne said when I interviewed her two years ago that they have people go down and screen. Uh, do you do that also? We do. So because it's a problem-solving court and it's a collaborative court, the state, the public defender, the judge, the case manager, all work together. They actually do court staffings like we do in other treatment courts and other problem-solving courts, like a mental health court or a, a, a drug court. That case staffing is to talk about what's going on with this defendant. Oh, Bill's doing great. He's going to the meetings. He's going through with his treatment. He's taking his medication. He's back you know, going to work to make sure that someone is doing the things that we've set out for them that structure that we've provided to be successful. So we all work together to make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to. And then there are times, frankly, where they don't, and we have to figure out what the appropriate correction is. And that's why we've been so successful. That really low recidivism rate reflects the fact that the court works together well and that the model is one that should be replicated. What do you think is the greatest successes you've seen with this program? You know, I tell you, the greatest successes are when you go into that courtroom 
every other Friday. And court starts out with the graduations. I went to one of those and had tears running down my face. I literally, it was so moving. Absolutely. It is powerful to hear about people who have taken responsibility for a mistake that they made and gone through sometimes some difficult steps to do the right thing and, and put themselves back on a good path. And, you know, not everyone just has that sudden awakening, that epiphany. Oh, yeah, I made a mistake here. I got to fix all the things. Sometimes you got to lead that horse to water. And so we work hard collectively to provide that structure. And when you're hearing the veteran talk about, I did all these things and I succeeded and you can too to the other people who are out there. And the judge comes down off the bench and Judge Shanti's fantastic. And he puts his arm around a person and we hear about how they honorably served our country to know that we are working together to help that person. It is, it's really emotional. It's inspirational. And I'm just proud to be a part of it. But I'd like the mentor system they have over there. Guys like Jim Fletcher, Colonel Fletcher. Yes, uh, Just sir. an outstanding guy, DJ Reyes. Uh, again, you couldn't ask for it. He was mentor number one. Is there ever times when you conflict on whether someone ought to go in that program or not? We do. That does happen from time to time. It's a great question. The legislature actually changed the law last year to give prosecutors a little bit more discretion because there were some cases that we saw ending up in veterans treatment court that we didn't think were appropriate. You know, this is a problem solving court. It's a rehabilitation court. And we want to make sure that our resources are going to the people who deserve that second chance and who can benefit from it. So, you know, if someone's just trying to go through the motions and get out from under what they did, that's not the person who deserves to be in court. And we sometimes have disagreements about that, but our office exercises that discretion very judiciously to make sure that the people we're putting in are people who are going to succeed and the numbers speak for themselves. I've got about a minute, and I know I haven't asked you everything that you'd like asked. Is there something particularly that you'd like to say in that last minute and a half? Well, I'd like to thank our veteran community. You know, this Veterans Court was established, as I said, to give back. And this community is such a wonderful place for our active military, our reservists, and our veterans. It's wonderful to be a part of something where we are giving back to people who served our country. And I I just want to applaud everything that's been done over the past 15 years now that we've had the, the VTC set up to help support our veterans. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. And I think that it's something that we need to make sure is funded properly. How does the funding come to you for this kind of thing? Uh, We get funding locally and we get a lot of support from the VA. I mean, they provide a lot of the treatment. Oh, really? They do. They provide a lot of the treatment to our veterans. So without that partnership, we couldn't be successful. And the mentors are the secret sauce to success here. And, And they volunteer. And what so a great bunch of guys. They yeah. absolutely are. Their willingness to continue serving after having served our country to continue serving this community by giving back as mentors is invaluable. My guest today has been Andrew Warren, Florida State Attorney for the 13th Judicial District. And we've been discussing the Veterans Treatment Court. And there are going to be programs. And you're going to want to listen to every one of them because they'll have the sheriff on, we'll have public defender, we have Mr. Warren, and we'll also have Judge Shante. So thank you for being with us. I appreciate you coming on and taking your time. 
Bill, my pleasure. Thank you so much and God bless. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk to you again very soon on Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner Radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.